Chapter 11 The Meaning of the Word Swirls of light, bright, then night, a bite, flying above the divide, a dragon swoops and dives, the bells of starside, father died. When coughs and tries to survive, he dies. Kyla tries to climb high, 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 Nax rides. A raven flies, it cries, Kyla sigh, Kyla sigh, why won't you die? Why, Kyla sigh? Why, why, why? Kyla sigh, wake up. A warm hand rested on Kyla's forehead. Another gripped her arm, fingers pressed to the inside of her wrist. Your heartbeat is strong, child. The phila fever recedes. The voice was female, but low. It carried the resonance of age. Though it took all her will, Kyla managed to open her eyes. Her mind was heavy with sleep. She remembered the battle on the Cheapskate roofway, the Alnasi woman taking her down. No fear bubbled up in her body. Weariness wouldn't make room for it. A woman with white hair sat next to Kyla. A fire burned softly in the hearth across the room. Kyla didn't recognize the place. Brickwork, tidy, no furnishings except the cot she lay on and the stool the woman occupied. The woman, high cheekbones, regal brow, lines around the eyes and mouth, but not deep. She was striking. I'm Rena, sensual of Ori. She smiled, showing wide, strong teeth. Something glimmered in her mouth, a piercing of gold on her tongue. You are Kyla Sai. So you're the one who sent the Alnasi woman to fetch me? No, but the one who sought you will be here soon. My task is to assist you when you need to be sick. As if the words summoned the feeling, Kyla's stomach rebelled. Her limbs flailed to respond as she fought to roll onto her side. Rena helped Kyla turn. A basin lay on the floor next to the cot, ready for Kyla. Relax, the woman crooned. Let your body do what it needs to do. Kyla's body was going to do what it needed to do whether she relaxed or not. Her abdomen convulsed, and a thin stream of black, bilis liquid came up. It splattered into the porcelain basin. The smell of sickup made Kyla gag more. Good, Rena said. That should do it. The gentlewoman fitted a cover on the basin and shoved it aside with her toe. Kyla lay back and closed her eyes. The phila dose you received was small. The sickness will pass soon. Rena pushed Kyla's chin, forcing her to turn her head to the side. With a light touch, the woman prodded Kyla's neck. The spot where the Alnasi woman had stabbed Kyla flared. Rena dabbed a finger in a small jar, then swiped a cool poultice on Kyla's wound. The Alnasi are masters with the use of herbs for healing and killing. Your heart was stilled for an hour or more but the phila preserves that which it poisons, to a point. A hair's weight separates a sleep dose from a death dose of phila angiosis. Paul smiled upon you that Yika was so skilled, or you'd now be in the sleep eternal. Paul be damned, Kyla said. A better fortune not to be dosed at all. Rena forced a tight smile as she turned Kyla's face toward hers. The wound is slight. Already it is closed. I noticed you had many more scrapes. You took a fall? Rena pressed a hand ever so softly onto Kyla's palm. Kyla recalled the scrapes she'd gotten falling on the Street of Sorrows. She looked at her other hand, not wanting to lose Rena's comforting touch. The scrapes were red, 
but heeled over. She tried to lift her knees and look at them, but they were covered with a blanket and nothing else. Aware of her nakedness beneath the covers snapped her mind alert. Where am I? Safe. The baths of Ori are a haven. Be at ease. The baths. That told Kyla she was in Grissonside, west of Dunmeadow Plaza. In fact, she had recently been near this very spot when she'd climbed the bell tower. Nax, she sent. Can you hear me? No response. She sensed the cat far off to her right, but out of range of their silent communication. A haven, you call this, Senzrena? I was attacked and dragged here by my hair. I assure you, you were carried most gently. Kyla started to object, but a new presence filled the small room. A waft of spicy air hit Kyla's nose. Apples and something else she couldn't identify. Our feral kitten is finally home, I see. The voice chilled Kyla. It was the same voice that had possessed the Alnasi woman during Kyla's first encounter with her. Senzrena stood and kissed the woman's cheek. I'll wait outside. Kyla's new visitor was shorter than Rena, stout and hardy. Her hair was a mix of gray and black, wiry and pulled away from her blunt face. A sparkling hairpiece held the woman's hair back. Her robes were fine and dark, blue, maybe purple. That meant they were expensive. Don't get up, child. Kyla heard a note of sarcasm in the woman's words. Nice to finally meet you face to face, Kyla said. Since she couldn't stand up, using the cheap speak was the best she could do to express her defiance. Better than seeing your Alnasi woman's eyes are rolling in their sockets. You are speaking to the voluptuary of Ori, child. Respect won't kill you. That explained Sen's Rena's deference. The voluptuary was the highest sensual in the way of Ori, equivalent in rank, if not power, to the highest of Till. Kyla didn't believe in Ori. The whole new pantheon was a crock of atlan droppings as far as she was concerned. She thought better of saying this, considering who she was speaking to. The voluptuary plopped herself onto the stool and pressed her hand to Kyla's forehead. She grabbed Kyla's wrist and felt for her heartbeat. Senzrena already did this routine, Kyla said. Mind telling me why you sent that Alnasi to poison me? I think you know. I don't have a sailor's clue in the desert. The voluptuary folded her hands in her lap and leveled an inquisitive stare at Kyla. You are a bit old for the Mercus to be developing, but developing it is. Perhaps it's the cat. The don'ts masters think it is, I assure you. Kyla turned her face away. Oh, I know about your little gray friend, Kyla Sai. Your stunt atop my bell tower was fortuitous. I felt you up there. Paul's luck was with you. Had you done that close to Dunmeadow Cathedral, you would be at the mercy of a don'ts master even now. Or worse. Surely the Hargath yearns for you. Kyla turned her face back. Her mouth went dry, and shivers of fear snaked up her limbs. She saw again the sedan chair, the curtains concealing its horrid occupant. She saw how the men carrying it strode in short, slow steps. Her scalp squirmed as she remembered the feeling of that weird gaze. The watcher. The voluptuary hummed, then spoke. Yes, you felt his eyes upon you. She laughed softly. I mean that figuratively, of course. 
The hog surely doesn't have eyes. His ears are waxed to deafen him, and his skin is coated with numbing oils. He may even have burned out his sense of smell by sniffing the dried urine of rats. Her voice lilted over these horrors, as if telling an amusing anecdote over tea. It depends on how sensitive this one is. The woman sensed Kyla's confusion, had probably said all of those things intending to confuse her, put her off balance. Nax? No answer. The voluptuary stroked Kyla's brow. Seers like him are highly attuned to the Mercus. You know how it feels when it comes over you. Every smell and sound is sharp and distinct. Imagine that multiplied again and again. For some it is too much to bear, so seers deaden their senses. This allows them to focus all their attention on the subtle world of the Mercus. That is how they detect people such as you. Am I supposed to thank you for having your woman poison me? I expect someday you will. But I am no fool. I can see things from your point of view. To protect you, I told Yika to do what she must. Yika. So that's who Kyla was going to have to kill. The Elnasi was tough. It wouldn't be easy. Kyla set that aside. She was in no shape to stand up, much less face down a fearsome fighter like Yika. But that reminded her. Parlo Odok said a plump girl was asking around for me at the Warren. Offered him five gold skillets for me. Odok and Jocko were taking me somewhere to collect it when Yika came flipping in from the dark. The voluptuary waved a small hand. Parlo Odok would sell his feet to keep from having to buy shoes. It seemed the voluptuary knew what she was talking about. So you're saying that Alnasi bit woman rescued me? The woman Parlo Odok spoke of was not my agent. Perhaps she answers to the highest, Dun Chilo. The way of Till does not want young talent like you in the hands of the sensuals of Ori. An old healer I know went missing too, Kyla said. Did your mercenary take her, or did this other one? Old healer? Who? An ancient, just inside the old wall. Fintus Song. The voluptuary's face went stony. She stood and hugged her elbows. Her robes were not as thick as Kyla had thought. They were layer upon layer of sheer fabric, each a different color. They fluttered purple and bluish as the woman paced the room. Finta is my sister. She was the eldest, the voluptuary said. She was a sensual once, before she abandoned the order for her Onasi man. She shrugged. He's dead now. Finta learned much in her years among the Onasi. Their command of plants for healing is unmatched. She can guard herself quite capably, I assure you. She probably went out of the city to gather ingredients for her tinctures. Kyla absorbed this strange information. It certainly explained Finta's knowledge, but Kyla's gut insisted that something was amiss. She dropped the cheap speak. There was a smudge of atlan dropping on Finta's floor. The voluptuary stopped her pacing. And she was absent from her shop. We searched every room. The rear door wasn't locked when we got there. That is not like Finta. The voluptuary's nostrils flared. When were you there? Earlier tonight, an hour after sunset. A hard look came over the voluptuary's face. Someone must have been in dire need of her help. Perhaps a neighbor endured a difficult birth. Perhaps a child had a deathly fever. You need not concern yourself with Finta. The woman went to the door. 
I'll speak with you when you have recovered. Sensrena will attend you until then. The voluptuary departed and Sensrena returned, calm and still. Her steps were fluid and she seemed to be in a sort of distant mindset. The world could shatter and Rena would sit back and notice it as the mere due course of things. You'll be hungry soon, she said. Food is coming. And clothes. You have much to do. That's true enough, Kyla said. I want to get back to my brother. That's not what lies ahead for you. What is ahead for me? Rena smiled. Your training, of course. I hear that Ori has made you flush with the sensual Marcus. Wouldn't know about sensual anything, Kyla said uncomfortably. She'd heard startling rumors about what went on in this place. Rena was pretty and all, but Kyla wasn't going to partake of some wild orgy with her. Boys were her flavor, though she hadn't yet met one who sparked much fire in her. Rena stroked Kyla's forehead. You misunderstand the meaning of the word sensual. But you will learn. For now, relax. Enjoy good food. Rest. You will need it. Kyla found that she did need it. After her fill asleep, she should be jumping up and ready to run the roofway, but the mere thought of standing made her body want to curl up. Only the smell of fresh bread and hearty soup got her to sit up. The food arrived on a simple wooden tray carried by a girl no older than Kyla. The girl smiled and set the tray on Kyla's lap. Before Kyla could muster a thank you, the girl was gone. Rena had moved her stool to the far corner of the room. She sat there, eyes half-closed and a small smile fixed on her face. Kyla ate. The food was good and her body seemed to draw strength from every bite. But once she had dabbed up every crumb of bread and scraped the wooden bowl clean of soup, a heaviness swarmed into her mind. Content and yet keenly aware she should be trying to escape, she curled into her blankets and closed her eyes. She reached out for necks. The small gray's presence hovered far away, vague and tiny. Hi, it's Eric Edstrom, your narrator and author of the Starside Saga. If you want to support the podcast, the very best way to do it is buy a copy of the books. Start with Thief of Sparks and keep buying. <laughs>